Yo, I remember Sunday mornings back in 1996 Right in front of the television, mama can't tell me shit Do the dishes, boy, rocket power on, let me skip Nah, never said that, I ain't crazy, let's reminisce Chubby boy trying to figure out life and play his part Voice on TV asking me if I'm afraid of the dark Nah, never was, help me grow into something proper Beating beats, got him screaming out, ah, I'm a real monster I got in the sports late, you never would see me dribble Mama gave birth to a genius, they calling a Didi Pickle I'm in Dexter's lab, trying to check out them death toys After that, chilling with Ralph, making fun of the head boys Pop's not around, I'm learning from Uncle Phil and Bill Cosby I get in the situation, they got me 25 Still awaiting my letter from Hogwarts Yo, this 90s kid is still like a child of some sort Man. Hello and welcome to the Master of Mediocrity podcast. I'm your host, Max Kessering, and I'm here with a co-host with the most, Fraser Kessering. How are you? Great, man. Just uh, got off, <clears throat> literally just finished up a round in the dark, first round of the year. Felt good to get back out on the links, made some money, you know, it was a good time. Ooh, made a little, little, little side piece. Yeah, little man. side action. You know, won every hole, so <laughs> $2 a skin. <laughs> 18 bones <laughs> you want every single hole yeah wow that's uh not really fair those are not even odds no i know we gotta use our handicaps next time <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would say so yeah. can't be taking the poor guy's money <clears throat> that's not nice no nah, it's cool though i lost a bet to him and uh it was uh, the celtic sixers game one and uh the sixers freaking wipe the floor with or the the celtics wipe the floor with the sixers so i owed him money from that so i was just like dude now we're good i said you spotted me 20 i'll spot you 20 and we'll call it a day call it a day now you're all squared up well all squared up it feels good good i'm, I'm happy for you for those uh Thanks. who were looking for a podcast last week sorry about that we planned on trying to do one this past weekend while we were both in boston it we did not have time for that let's just be honest we did not we, we were too busy time. walking. We walked 13 miles on Saturday. We walked from the north end to Brookline and back, basically. Yeah, it wasn't even... We weren't even doing a half marathon. We weren't a part of anything. We're just like, we went nonstop. We started in Brookline. We went up to Cambridge. And then we went from Cambridge to around Fenway. Um Got some donuts. Shout out to Blackbird Donut. Shout out to Donuts. Shout out to Donuts. donuts. Got some donuts. And then we went to like uh, Boston Commons. Then we went up to the North End, hung out with some Guidos. Dude, those guys are our boys. Dude, that's my type of people. Dude. Okay, let's just run down what this dude... So, we're in the North End. We're looking for a place to eat. We're having a really hard time because it's crazy busy there. And everywhere is like an hour-long wait. We find this one place that's kind of new, so I don't think people knew about it as much yet. And so, we walk in and we get sat by what I would like to call male hostesses or just a host. Um, that was kind of hard to figure out what you actually want to call those guys. But we were hosted by two amazingly italian individuals both 50 plus and fraser you gotta describe what these guys are like sup naked nate dog <laughs> <laughs> casual nate dog appearance just talking max all of a sudden a freaking naked nate dog walks in the background 
Uh, sorry, it threw me off for a second. No, it was uh, <laughs> it doesn't so throw me like off at all. By the way, so the Zero one dude is off. literally built like a bowling ball. He's five three, about two twenty five, two thirty. <laughs> he has a thick herringbone ne- necklace with necklace with a big old medallion, gold medallion. He had a hoop earring, and attached to that hoop earring was an Italian horn. He had slick back hair, all black. I don't. He was probably in his like mid fifties. He was awesome. Everyone who walked by shook their hand or tapped him on the back, be like, "Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? How how?" Just like everything was super. And then his his partner in crime didn't have a single button that needed to be buttoned. <laughs> like all auxiliary buttons were just flapping in the wind. So one no through top four from three the top. buttons. Yeah, top one's gone. You know the flared neck collar you know you know how like you normally wear a collar flared out arm buttons completely unbuttoned talking to us about red arbok and how red arbok's the greatest coach of all time because no matter what at home if the other team made a six point run timeout and on a way if they make a 10.1 timeout it's just like so funny so old school like so it's cool. Gobble ghoul this, gobble ghoul that. It was just like awesome. <laughs> I like how there would be something happening in the Celtics game and he'd come down and talk real quiet and reason with us. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he was I like our boy. Really he knew. To talk to you guys about. Yeah. Hey, back guy. Right, see. He's like, and some jamoke at the bar was trying to talk sports with us. And we're like, listen, guy, we got our <laughs> own thing going. We don't need your shitty, you know, they didn't, what they did they did stuff wrong. Like the guy was trying to say that they did the right thing by drawing down the time. We're like, that made no sense because you want to try to get at least two shots off. And he's like four seconds of shots. Like, dude, you understand that is not enough time to draw up a play. It, it was just like, he, he, he was trying to cut into a conversation that he had no right being in basically what it came down to. Not it was between all. us and the Goombas. <laughs> Those are our boys. We love the Goombas. So let's talk about that series first. The Celtics versus Philly. Uh, the Celtics came out strong, won the first three games in kind of miraculous fashion, I would say. Um, and then Philly kind of came back and won the gentleman's game, game four. Um, what are your thoughts on that series so far? And what do you think is going to happen going forward? Do you think Philly has any chance of coming back from the 3-0 deficit? So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm asking you if you think there's a chance. I will tell you what I think after. I, I mean, yeah, there's always a chance. It, Philly has been favored in every single game so far. So Still. it's not like, yeah, it's not like Philly is like a bunch of jamokes. Like Philly is good. Um, so yeah, there there's a chance. I mean... But at the same time, it's it's tough, especially with a coach like Brad Stevens. He's not going to lose four straight like that. Um, so I don't think they're going to. Uh, I don't think it's going to be much longer of a series. I think but game you know five. What? Yeah, I think so. You think it ends in game five? I think it ends game five. I think that's the game to win. If they lose game five, I think all bets are off. I think they might have really? too much momentum. See my. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Five is the one but to win. Game seven. If you had game seven home, I think you you feel pretty good about that. But yeah, five is the one. I think they're going to close it out. Um, I think it's tomorrow or or the day after. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty really sure, sure it's tomorrow. Um, um the, what I which really is, was, I'm excited uh, for. Yeah, same, same. What I was going to say is 
what I was so impressed with is how well the Celtics can run an offense, can stay poised under pressure, can run a system, and how awesome Brad Stevens is out of timeout. Oh my sweet Jesus, Brad Stevens is unbelievable out of a timeout. You think that those don't matter, but when you have a good coach like him, it really changes things because those last second shot clocks aren't just, oh, set a screen for the guy at the top, LeBron make an amazing shot. It's clear out and El Horford has it like sealed to the baseline and he can get an easy layup. Twice that happened where the Celtics got easy layups within the last two minutes of the game. Huge, hugely beneficial. And I just give credit to the players to be able to run their system and run these plays so efficiently and not turn the ball over and make Philadelphia look like, you know, they're running like chickens or had heads cut off. JJ Reddick throwing the ball into the ground. Ben Simmons turning the ball over. It, it, I don't blame JJ that much, though, for that play. That, I like, think it was they drawn just up. fell down. It was drawn up and he was trying to throw the ball to where it was supposed to go. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it. That's what it looked like from our yeah. perspective. For sure. Um, it's funny because we're a year removed from people saying, is Brad Stevens a good coach? What? Who was saying that? Yes. No, listen, listen, listen. I think you're out because of your mind. Because <laughs> everyone was saying it. No, because everyone was saying in the playoffs, he can't do it because he, he had a stint before we got bounced early and then they had a close, a, a close matchup against, um, the Bulls that they, honestly could have lost and then they went to seven with the wizards and then they got then they lost to this to the cleveland and i'm not saying there was just there was talk you know it's can brad stevens do it in the playoff i guess it wasn't is he a good coach it was more like can he really do it in the playoffs i think that is a complete farce i think it was ridiculous that that was even talked about back then look at his team last year his team is not good yeah, look at Isaiah Thomas this that year. he brought. To, yeah, Isaiah Thomas is nothing. I mean, just what he can do with these point guards. Terry Rozier, Terry Rozier is going to get paid somewhere, and Terry Rozier is not going to put up what he's doing here. It's because every Brad point Stevens, guard you that offense put, is good. You can put exactly. You can put any, and I'm not taking anything away. From, Terry Rozier has played excellent. He's he's played really well offensively, and he's he played really well defensively. But Brad Stevens is so good at scheming for these point guards, whether it's slash and kick or it's drawing up the right plays, putting them in the right position. It's just he makes the pieces that he has so much better. And I don't think it's an argument anymore. He's he's definitely the best coach in the NBA. I don't think anyone has done more with less. I don't. It's he's done better more than Pop, and he's just tearing through all of Pop's disciples right now. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy fall from grace because the Sixers, we thought, were going to probably be the team making it out of the East at one point. You know, they've been favorites at every game in this series, but Boston's found a way every single time. It's crazy and surprising because what's what's going to happen to Philadelphia now? What happens if they lose this series? What's the implications of this? We don't know. I don't think anything should really happen from the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't think anyone at the beginning, if you went up to any Philadelphia 76er fan and you asked them, uh, all right, you're going to win at least 50 games and you're going to lose in the second round of the playoffs, I think they'd be ecstatic. You know, trusting the Mm -hmm. process, this team is still really young. Yeah, they have some, you know, some players that are kind of expensive, uh, J.J. Redick, um, Bellinelli. They had to spend uh, the money anyways. 
Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, they do have some pieces, but for the most part, their core is super young, you know, and all this without Markel Fultz. Can you imagine if they had Jason Tatum right now? Oh, you know what I'm Jason saying? Jason Tatum or is let's... putting up 20 points every game and playing he's like he's a true professional. He's been really good. And Markel Fultz is just smiling on the bench. And don't get me wrong, I'm happy that Markel Fultz is like... At least on the bench. He's happy and he seems like he's handling not playing really well. I think the best thing that they could have done is maybe get Fultz some playing time. Oh, I don't agree with that. His shot's so jacked up. You don't think up. so? I think in the playoffs... It really hasn't been that jacked up, though. It's been... It's not great. The reason why they played TJ McConnell last game was because he could actually shoot and do some things, and they trust him with the ball. The reason why... I, you know, I, I guess I'm thinking more of what's going to happen in the future, because I'm thinking this series is basically over. That's what I'm saying, thinking for the future. TJ McConnell is not your future all-star point guard no but i don't know if Fultz will ever be either at this point who would you say has a better chance of being your all-star oh point definitely guard? definitely markel Fultz. but i okay that's yeah. that's what right. i'm saying no i get it i get it, it it's a win now yeah. yeah hey i i don't fault them at all for for wanting to win now and you know what tj was the right move he definitely brought was the right move. a level of energy and passion and intensity to that game that the Sixers really needed I mean they were plus 18 well he was on the court and he had 19 like plus that he just played well you know what I mean it's not just he had the intensity he had all the the you know the heart and the um what's the hamster looking grit what's the hamster looking Australian um Oh, Delvadova? Yeah, he's not like the Delvadova. No, he's like definitely way better than Delvadova. Oh, yeah. He Absolutely. Can, you know, he plays good defense, and he can shoot, and he can pass the ball. His, he has some really nice passes, especially like Ben Simmons cutting down the lane. Um, I think the real disappointment is with Pat Covington. He's been yeah. horrible. Covington yeah. put up, what, five um, points last night? Robert Covington. Robert, yeah, Robert Covington, my Roko. bad. Roko. Roko. Roko has been real bad. And I think that's the position they may need to f- switch up in their starting lineup. That's the part that they could add to their roster. Or he's to get out of his own ass and start playing better. Because he, he's got the talent. He's got the ability. I don't really know what's going on. I think he's just in his own head. And I understand. I get it. It's you never been on the stage before. You know, you're. I think he was an undrafted rookie. And, you know, he finally makes it. And he's finally a starter. And he's playing really well this year. He's shooting like 40% from three. But we need they need that. They need him to play better. They need that position to play better. So I don't know if it's moving him or keeping him or getting someone that fights for that position against him, but I think that's where Philadelphia needs to get better. And I need they think they need to keep shooting, keep good shooters around Ben Simmons and Embiid. Because Ben Simmons is never gonna be a great shooter. So you're gonna need shooters to supplement what he can't do. Yeah, and Covington did have a really good game two, actually. There was one game, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, game two. Uh, I mean, him and you need Ben Simmons and um, Robert Covington to play well at the same time, where they so, haven't really done that. Um, are, you're right. Game two, he had 22 points and nine rebounds. Yeah. The past two games, mm-hmm. he's had 1.2 rebounds and three points, mm-hmm. five rebounds. That's yeah. horrible. You can't have that. Nope. Um, but... 
the the fact that people are saying what happens to Brett Brown after this oh. season, it's like nothing. Dude, nothing Brett Brown's been great this year, and what he's he gone comes through back. with that organization, he comes back 100%. I'm so with you on this. I would be so upset if I was a Sixers fan and, you know, all of a sudden our coach is gone because we got bounced in the second round of the playoffs to a, you know, a really fine i mean the celtics say what you want they don't have all the talent in the world but that's an amazing defensive team and the way that they've um strategically uh like the way the way they've gone about defending ben simmons is really impressive especially on the fast break that's when he's at his most dangerous and they've done a great job of cutting that shit off early Mm-hmm. They don't let him get a full head of steam. They don't let him have any clear pass to the basket. And they kind of just form a wall. They know he's not going to pull up. It's the same thing that they're doing to Giannis. And I think the fact that they played Giannis and they had Giannis for seven games really helped them. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Let's move on. Let's go to the next series in the Eastern Conference. The Toronto Raptors played against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I wouldn't even say they played. They showed up to games and Cleveland won. Four nothing. Yeah, freaking round. Yeah, they Yeah, the two were close. Two were embarrassing. Uh, game <laughs> one, Toronto got swept. Game two and or it was yeah. Game two and game four were close, right? Yeah, I, little, I'm looking up. I'm gonna do a little fact checking right here. Um, I mean, LeBron had that crazy full court runner bank on the right side or on the left yeah, side game, with his right hand. Game one was close. Game two was 18-point victory for Cleveland. Game three was, it looks closer, but that game was not that close. And then game four, Cleveland absolutely dominated. No, game three was close. Game well, it ended three up being close. The- Cleveland was up by almost 20 in the third. Okay, and what what was the final? How did the game end? It ended on a buzzer beater. It literally doesn't get any more close than that. It's not like a team was up by 20 and then they came back and ended up winning by six. And so it looks closer than it was. It's like that game literally came down to the wire. (laughs) Right, right, right. Okay, so LeBron LeBron made an amazing shot though. Yes, and he's been doing it all playoffs. One thing I don't like... This, the Cavs have been celebrating like it's been the Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals after every win. It's like, you just tore through Toronto, who's shit. You went seven games with the Pacers, who have two good players. It's like, everyone's making a big Toronto's deal out of shit, Cleveland. But... Dude, they've been shit since halfway through this season. They went from one of the better defensive teams in the league to middle of the pack. DeRozan went from shooting... You know, thirty-three to thirty-five percent from three to twenty-seven. It's just like the team. DeRozan was so bad he got benched in the fourth quarter of Game Three. Dude, you can't bench DeRozan. I hate that. Well, you can't. But look what happened. Yeah. Dude, I mean, you it's can't not bench like your it, best player for that long. You gotta at least give him a shot. Why? They were better without him in the game. I get, it's not like he is Ben Simmons. It's not like it's his first or second year in the league where he's young and he got has to get used to like. No, um, this is just like what he is at this point. It's just that's what he is. He, it's not going to shake his confidence. It's like if his confidence gets shook from that, it's not already shook from the fact that Cleveland has home court advantage in Toronto. Then you shouldn't get. You know, it's like figure your shit out. I don't care. I'm out. I'm so I, I never really trusted Toronto and 
I definitely still don't trust the Cavs. You look at the Cavs <laughs> roster. Definitely still don't trust the Cavs. I Dude, the Cavs are just more. rocking. They're rocking with their original team, basically. The OGs. They're not even playing. They're new guys they acquired. Because we said since the beginning, they were not going to be anything. They were not going to help at all. The only one who's making any impact is George Hill. Yeah, that's the only difference. I mean, people are... Um, Would you rather George Hill Nance completely Wade? got... Huh? It's George Hill versus Dwayne Wade. That's all you got, basically. That's all that really changed. And if you look at playoff D Wade, I'd probably rather have D Wade. Right? Um, I I'm not talking about fat and ha- unhappy D Wade in <laughs> Cleveland. I'm talking about South Beach D Wade. South Beach D Wade. Um, yeah, they're not any better than they were last year. LeBron, though, is playing out of his mind. Watching those games, he at- he's head and shoulders better than everybody. <laughs> no, he's playing the best, probably the one of the best str- uh, stretches of his career. I agree. 100%. P- definitely playing one of the best stretches of his career. But besides that, Kevin Love's been stepping it up, but who knows how long is that's going to last for. Um, you know, right now, Corver's hitting his threes. JR right is now, hitting his that shots. That dude gets so cold, though. I don't trust him at all. That's how both of them are. So you don't know who's going to cool down. They're still not any better defensively. No. They're but, not. Uh, who has stepped up on defense? Kevin Love a little bit. JR is still like a, you know, moving trash can. <laughs> He's a walking trash can. Uh, give, the, give the, uh... One of the best players just, in their finals a couple of years ago. A little bit of a break. No, he was. I'm just saying, man, the team is not better than they were last year. I agree. Because they're worse. You can't they're worse get rid than of they Kyrie were last year. And think that you're going to be any better. That was your ace card at the end of games. And I think what I've been happiest most about these finals or these these games that Cleveland's been playing is that we can put to rest this LeBron isn't good in clutch shots. He's not good as a final shot taker. I'm so sick of that arm argument. I saw something with Steven Jackson and Colin Coward, and Steven Jackson was saying he'd still rather have Kobe taking the shot than LeBron. And I'm like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah, he is crazy. Because <laughs> he is crazy. Just Steven because Jackson. Kobe was such an inefficient shot taker, and you, oh, he can make the tough shot. Well, he always took the tough shot, so he had to make some of them. <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculous. LeBron, though, in uh, I think it was game three. I want no game two. Game two, he was making the most outrageous shots I've ever seen in my entire life. He was taking fadeaway after fadeaway after fadeaway after fadeaway. He was making these shots, I think, just to basically piss off the Toronto fans. They were so insane. I've never seen someone make that many fadeaway shots that were like, he, the amount of energy it has to take to be able to shoot that shot while fading away is insane and he's so stupid strong he can actually do it oh my gosh i was watching it in awe and i i don't think there's any argument that lebron isn't the best player in the league if anyone comes at me with anything else i think you're wrong oh come on no i can't i don't even care no, i'm kidding no <laughs> I, I get you dude lebron like i've been saying it all i said all year people were like you know harden's better people saying last year westbrook's better or katie's better at the end of the finals I still think LeBron's the best and you know, he might take possessions off here and there, but when he's on and he's locked in, I don't think anyone's more unstoppable than him, especially offensively now. 
offensively, he's insane. He's making threes at a higher clip. Um, he's so efficient with the basketball. He doesn't turn the ball over. It's it's a joy to watch. I just wish he would hurry it up a little bit. Sometimes he's super slow. Yeah, definitely don't take this time for granted and what you're watching for granted. Um, this is definitely something that people are going to look back at and be like, remember when LeBron averaged 34, 12, and 9 <laughs> in the playoffs while leading every category in his you know for his team throughout the entire playoffs like the numbers that he's putting up are are really impressive um i the the one little knock would be the the level of competition that he's Mm -hmm. really kind of going through in the east and that's kind of been the knock on lebron his whole career um i mean toronto the, the team's good, but they're not a, like a world beater. The the Pacers with a young Oladipo and stuff like that. Um, I'm not trying to take any... What LeBron has been doing, he's literally a one-man wrecking crew. He has been completely unstoppable. He is Hulk the fuck out. He is, you know, <laughs> just like crashing into buildings, taking on everyone by himself. He's like rampage. He, he's unbelievable. So... No, LeBron's been amazing. I'm really excited to see if the Celtics, which the Celtics probably will come out and play them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm really excited to see how uh, Brad schemes against LeBron. I don't know if you even can scheme against LeBron, but we'll talk about that another time if you want. I was going to say, let's just do you want to do predictions real quick on how that series is going to go or do you want to switch to the Western Conference? Let's switch to the Western. All right, we'll do the Western Conference. Once, Let's, yeah. Right now we're recording at 9.40 p.m. Eastern time, and the Rockets-Jazz game is going on right now. So we're going to talk about the New Orleans-Golden State game and what we think is going to happen in this series before. Cause maybe Jazz Rockets game, close. Super close. So we're going to wait till that, see if that ends. Um, 75-72 with a the minute third? 30 left in the third, yeah. All right, sounds great. Ooh, 78, 72. Let's go, Jazz. (laughs) Got to get Rick Rubio back. Does he have a chance of coming back? They said it was a 10-day injury, so potentially. All right. He might be be able to come back for game five. Well, we'll know more in like 10 minutes when we're done talking about the Warriors-Pelicans. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, good thinking. All right, so Warriors-Pelicans. This series is 3-1. The Pelicans have won one game. They won game three then the Warriors came back and just trounced him in game four um I think this series is basically over I think we're at a collision course for the Rocks to play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals what we've been wanting all year I'd be upset if that wasn't the outcome as much as I love Utah and as much as I really enjoy watching Utah play um I think it's going to be the Rockets and Warriors and that's what I want to be the Pelicans are just kind of no match for the Warriors. Um, the Nor- the Warriors did a really good job of neutralizing uh, Rondo, especially in the last game. Um, they gave him the Tony Allen, you know, Shoot just as many times here's you want. much space. Yeah, here's your space. Take it. Draymond's playing with a, a next level of intensity right now. He apparently sent a really long text <laughs> to... <laughs> 
to Kevin Durant be like, Kevin, like we this team need you. Like you aren't playing with like enough energy. You're not playing like a long ass text. And, and Kevin Durant responded, "I got you." And that was it. And then you know what? Kevin Durant went off in Game Four <laughs> and put to bed the the Pelicans by them by himself, pretty much. I feel like Draymond's that dude that sends this mad long text uh, late at night, and then Kevin Durant just texts it was you back. four in the morning. Four in the morning. He's like, blah, blah, blah. We need that intensity from you. I can't even sleep. I'm so intense. And then Durant's just like, K. Just sends back just a K. Just wakes up. Okay. What would you do if you sent this amazingly long, beautifully written text at four in the morning and you get back a K? I'd pull a Matt Barnes and drive 90 miles to whoop your ass. That's what I would do. I would drive. If you, if I just sent you a text like that right now and you respond to K, I would drive through the night to Rochester to whoop your ass and then drive back because you got to go to work. six hours to work tomorrow. That's what it would happen. I'd, I would pull up in Rochester at like it'd be like three o'clock and I would whoop your ass and I'd turn right around and get back in my car and I'd get back to Boston at like eight and I'd go to work. I wouldn't even sleep. Death metal and and Red Bull. And just fucking John just Jones diapers. chucker pills. John Jones chucker pills. And I'd be fucking wired. I'd be like, I'm gonna fucking whoop this dude's ass. <laughs> what would be on the playlist of whooping my ass? Just, Dude, just heavy l- metal corn. Just disturbed. A lot of corn. Um, probably like some three days of grace. Uh, you know, just a lot of stuff. I don't even know. I don't even know any heavy metal. I'd probably just do Spotify heavy metal. <laughs> just... Pandora, Pandora, play a uh, heavy metal playlist. Yeah. Alexa, hey heavy, Siri, hey yeah. Siri, heavy metal. All right, the series has not been very heavy metal though. The Warriors are kind of just dominating. They are whooping their yeah. asses. They, I think it's mostly from my perspective that the Warriors just have mismatch problems, and they actually ended up starting the death lineup in Game Four, first time they've ever done it, and I think it's just the right move. I don't think they ever thought, oh, it's the first time we're starting the death lineup. They thought, what would be the best way to win this game? And so they played those players. And Steve Kerr's always been willing to make changes in the playoffs, especially when it comes to matchups. And I think playing the uh, the these guys that requires Drew Holiday to be the best guard on Kevin Durant and having Anthony Davis on Durant, it's just not working. They have no one to guard him. He's too big. He's too long. And I think having those shooters out there and having those uh, weapons basically out from the the jump make it impossible yeah and i shout out to drew holiday he's been playing really good defense it's just hard when you're seven inches shorter than the person you're guarding and they're an elite shooter and can just shoot over you at will um yeah Haralabob had a really good tweet saying imagine if the warriors didn't mess around with these crazy lineups it was something that the basics of it was imagine if the Warriors did this every time and they weren't starting in a hole because they would start weird lineups. And I get that. But at the same time, during the regular season, I don't really care who they start. It doesn't matter how many games they win because they always finish they, with the same roster. Same well, because lineup. it they always finish with the same lineups, but they don't give anything away during the regular season. Mm-hmm. A good example of that would be last year. The Warriors didn't even show this until the finals. 
they really didn't unleash the Steph Curry KD pick side roll. pick and roll to the to this to pretty much the last couple of games, and it's in, it was incredibly difficult for Cleveland to stop, and they didn't stop it because they lost. Um, so I kind of like that. Maybe they'll switch to you know starting the death line, and we'll see tonight, later tonight, if they start the death lineup again. It's not something you have to play for a long time, but they what were they up like twelve or sixteen to start the game? Yeah, they're up. Can by... you imagine if you started every game like that, and then you can go back to doing some weird lineups, throw Looney in, throw David Weston, Javale McGee. He's been surprising this playoffs. Looney's been actually decent. He's like their best big man at the moment, really. Like uh, yeah, and we like were traditional big man, I guess I would say. Yeah, he's played good defense, and he he gets good minutes. I I've really enjoyed um his play this year, which I never thought I'd really say, because Looney was always kind of one of those like oh game's over here's Kavon Looney or like why the fuck is Looney in right now? It's always like stuff like that. Um, but no man, he's been a real treat. Uh, I've been impressed with him, and Anthony Davis. Uh. You know, for the Pelicans, he's he he he's defended him well, for the most part. I as totally well agree. as you can. I, I mean, think we're on as a... long as. Go hmm? ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, what what the Pelicans need to win is Anthony Davis to go for like forty five, twenty, and five every game. That's pretty much the only way they can win. And as long as he doesn't do that, the Warriors are gonna win. I'd agree. I think that they had some big mismatches against the timber uh, against Portland Portland thanks trailblazers um but in this series they don't have any mismatches and that's what's really causing problems for them because Draymond can guard Anthony Davis uh they can switch onto the Anthony Davis and right now Iguodala and Draymond are playing like playoff performers they did not care the struggle season they were horrible I Draymond was legit not good not as good this year and the intensity was not there. Iguodala was, I don't even know where he was. He was just like rehabbing or something. I don't know if golfing. He, he was just golfing and saying weird things. That dude says a lot of weird things. Um, love Iguodala, but I'm always confused by him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's an odd dude. He's an odd dude. Um, hey, do you, man? If that's who you are, I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah, and that's the thing that has really been. I mean, we haven't even really mentioned Curry being back. Oh yeah, Curry's back. And by what the way. he does, to, what he does to that offense, I don't think they, he's hundred percent either. I don't, but I think that time off to help his knee helped his ankle. I agree with that, though. There's no evidence. No one's talked about it, but he talked about um, that ankle injury being something that wasn't going to be right until the off season. So I don't know if Curry's playing at 90% or 80% or 70%, but just having him there in that offense to stretch the floor, that gravity that he creates, and he's a good defender. I don't care what anyone says. I, I'm so out on everyone just thinking he's a shitty defender because he's slight, slight a build. When he's, he's paying he's attention, long. he's a really good team defender. Dude, and he's not even that bad on ball. Not that bad. He no. really isn't that bad on ball. He's long. He is wicked smart. He is always in the right spot. He's constantly jumping passes. So the idea that people think that he's a huge liability on defense is just not valid, in my opinion. Um, 
and you can say otherwise i just don't agree i i would love to hear like other arguments but all i ever heard is like he's I, slow I think it or depends. he's too small i think it depends I on who he's having to guard he's having to guard guys that are within his wheelhouse but you know he still can't you know, what the warriors want to do is switch on everything he played and you know what okay sorry I, i'm just gonna interrupt you real quick please do switch on everything he fights through screens he does he he fights through stuff. You have to have that drive to not give up and die. Like Eric Bledsoe is a better on-ball defender, but Eric Bledsoe dies every time he gets screened. Russell Westbrook dies every time he gets screened. Curry and gets, that makes them not a good defender. Curry he does might get, get caught up in a screen mentally, but he he's not going to not too though. A lot of times he'll just be like, oh, whoops, and then he like forgot, you know. Yeah, but I would say that's not that he doesn't he doesn't do it like a so much where i'm like where is curry on this play mm-hmm. it's it's more the exception than the rule um but yeah who would you rather have defending westbrook or curry 82 games oh no curry's just better defender westbrook is so un- overrated when it comes to defending He's really bad, honestly. He's really bad when he's off the ball. He's not paying attention. And when he's on ball, I think he's just looking to get a rebound. I don't really know. He's really athletic, but doesn't use it to his fullest ability. He could be the best defender in the league if he wanted, really. Um, He does give Curry some problems because he's more athletic, but he needs to be engaged, and he never is, and I don't understand. He should be so much better than he is defensively. He just doesn't care. And he, he, he cares he too much about the offensive end. He cares too much about shooting 30% from three <laughs> to play defense. <laughs> what was that stat you showed me the other day? I don't know. Steph Curry, when shooting from 34 oh, yeah. feet or out, is 30, 33% from three-point range, which is better than Wessel, Wessel, Russell Wessel. Oh my God, Westbrook! No, I'm gonna let you fight through it. Shooter. You got this. Russell Westbrook's three-point shooting. Period. Basically, Steph Curry's better at shooting really long-range threes, and Westbrook is shooting threes ever. That's the stat. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You don't look it up. Look it up. It's out there. Look it up. Don't at us. We know. We know. We know about we it. We know we're right. <laughs> so it looks like. They're going to make it. Looks like the Warriors are on to the next round. And I think they're going to be playing against the Rockets, at least eventually. Um, right now, the game's close. It is 84-82 Rockets. Um, the Jazz had a really good third quarter. Um, but it's back, and it's super close. 86-82. Do you want me to just talk about what happens in the game? Yeah. Like an old yeah, dude? Let's- like my dad, he is the classic old dude who watches the game on a stat tracker. He literally will, he'll watch a game cast. And that's how he will see what happens in a game. I'm like, that's the most boring way, the least uh, interactive way of consuming content ever. <laughs> it's really tough with basketball, too. Football, I get a little bit because it's just like, oh, what was the play? Yeah, but basketball, it's shot missed, shot made. It's There's so much goes into <laughs> there's a lot of if variance. there was a shot made. Yeah, there's so many passes and... How close was the shot? Where I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Um, All right, so let's go on the yeah. assumption that Utah is going to probably lose this series. What about the Rockets? 
What about this series in general? What have you been surprised by? Or what are you disappointed in? I haven't been surprised by anything. How's that for data? Take that for data. What I've been surprised by, I guess I'll take this real quick, is I've been kind of surprised that the Rockets haven't wiped the floor with Utah even more than they have. This game, I don't think, should be close at all. Without Ricky Rubio, with just Donovan Mitchell being the only primary scorer, with the amount of mismatches they have... Don't you dare not mention Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is the second best player on that team. No, I'm just kidding. He's probably... Wait, no, he's... Yeah, second best. He's three... He's probably three. Behind the Stifle Tower? Yeah. I think it goes Don Mitchell, Stifle Tower, Joe Ingles, Ricky Rubio. The thing about Ricky Rubio, though, is he helps you get into your offense, so he's really important. He's a floor general, and he helps you get into good sets, and he helps you get the right types of people and the right types of mismatches. He helps people like Favors. Favors needs a good point guard like that to get the ball in the right spots. It's such a different thing. Um, when you have a good point guard like that. Yo, favors eight against OKC. Right, eight. he's been much more he, ineffective. Eight. Because, yeah, he's just not getting the ball in his spots. Mm-hmm. They don't have um, the right mismatches the, for him, too. You can't really start two centers against this Rockets team. They're too nah. small, they're too light, too quick on their feet. It just yeah. isn't right. He can't get out to guard three-point shooters the same as anyone else. You know, he's, he's a big guy. He... He's in the right series when he's against Oklahoma City. Against you, against Houston, he looks mismatched. Definitely. Um, yeah, Utah, I, I didn't really expect it. This is about as close as I expected it being. Um, if Utah wins another one, actually, yeah, w- with Ricky Rubio, I kind of expected maybe a 4-1 gentleman sweep. Um but with Ricky Rubio out, I'm kind of impressed that Utah has been able to put up a fight. No one expected Utah to be in this position last year. You got to respect Diamond no Mitchell, man. One. That dude is a baller. I mean, he may, he may not be the most efficient right now. He'll, I think he could get there, though. I think he's got parts of his Young game D-Wade, that man. Are, are you know a little unpolished. He's a rookie, pure rookie, true rookie. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he can get better. He's... Apparently, I saw a stat. I listened to it on the uh, the low post. Shout out to the low post. Pretty sure it was that one. Oh, man. I listened to any podcast to keep them all straight. Dude, I know. But uh, in an NBA podcast where basically the area of the court where he's been really ineffective is the m- middle of the court, kind of right outside the paint. Right in the right in the paint, but outside the restricted area, like floaters mm. and like longer layups mm. and things like that. He's yeah. one of nineteen in the series. Yeah. Once so, he gets that down, he's going to be really tough. And that's a shot that you know players like Curry have developed. It's shots that you know Durant and Wade and uh, I'm trying to think who has a really good floater. There's a lot of guys out there. Uh, um, what's his name? For the for Minnesota, Jeff Teague, he's got a great floater game. Mm. He's a he's a professional point guard. Mike, Mike Conley is D one floater game. Both hands too, right hand and left hand. I might take Mike Conley floater above anyone else's. <laughs> that might a, be some crazy nonsense, but that's a good for call. real. Mike Conley, I feel like Mike Conley's got the meanest floaters. He does. He does. He really does have a good floater game. Um. Yeah, I I've been really impressed with Compella though. Clint, 
Clint Capella. He's been a beast. He's been really good. Uh, he had six blocks last game. He seemed like he could have had 36. He see he was all over the place. Um, he was like that f- that rock dude from Pokemon. Who's the rock? What Geo Geo dude? Uh, what's not Geo dude? Who's the other one? Who's the upgrade? The most upgrade? Who's like Gollum? the boulder? Gollum is or Gollum Onyx? the biggest? Onyx is the no, one that's a different Go- Pokemon. No 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 no. Gollum is the one that's the turtle. But he's a big yeah. He's got like six arms. Yeah. No, there's one above Gollum. No, there isn't. Gollum's the number one. No, he's not, dude. It's Graveler, which is the middle one. Dude, don't don't at me out like this. His Gollum was his name. So it's Geodude Evolvate. Oh yeah. Who's the one that I'm? No, no. Who's the one that was like a boxing type? Oh, Hitmon. Who's Chan the Pokemon that? No, who's got mad arms? <laughs> <laughs> who's got mad arms? Hitmonchan. Is that him? Wait, no. I'm typing oh, in. No. I'm oh. typing in rock Pokemon with mad arms. It's fighting Pokemon. Oh my god, why can't I think of this? It's um, it's he's blue too. Oh, yeah. Machamp. Machamp. Machamp, Machoke, and... Machamp, he's got four arms. I told you. <laughs> We're thinking about different things. You got me all screwed up with Geodude. <laughs> yeah, but still. So, so, <laughs> well, so, after the super long <laughs> analogy, Fraser's going with it. <laughs> Yo, all I know is I fucking nailed that analogy, dude. Wow. I fucking crushed it. <laughs> you did. That was so on point. I'm so glad that it only took forever. Dude, that was so smooth. People are going to love that. Wow. Click Can we send that in for a Pulitzer? <laughs> Can we just please end this? Please end my <laughs> suffering. Send that in for a Pulitzer. I feel like that was definitely Pulitzer worthy. You're not going to get a chance at a Webby. Nah, I don't want a Webby. I want a Pulitzer. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. I don't care. All right. So, what do you think about a Houston Golden State matchup? <laughs> smooth, freaking smooth. I think Machamp is going to be a real big factor in that series. I think Clint Capella is going to be the most important player after James Harden. I really think what he does for the referees. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I really don't think the referees are going to call it that way against the Warriors. I really don't think so. They're going to call it tight or not going to call it tight. I don't think they're going to call it tight. I, think they're I don't think they're either. I think that always happens when it gets further and further on in the playoffs. More and more shit can happen. Yo, that was like uh, the Celtics game. Celtics uh, 76ers game three. Nothing was being called. Jason Tatum went up for a layup and he got tapped and he was looking for a call. It's like, Tatum, unless you get hit by it, unless Embiid goes in the stands, takes a folding chair and smacks you over the head with it, you're not getting an and one. They're not calling it. No, it's not going to Playground happen. rules, man. Playground rules. You're not getting shit called. And I love that. F- to a certain point. I, sometimes it's like, all right. But I don't want to see James Harden hook an opponent's arm while going up for a layup <laughs> and get called for and one. I hate that. He does it so much. Kevin Love does that shit, too. It drives me crazy. Yeah, Kevin Love always likes to basically like hook people and never gets called for a hook himself. 
He doesn't ever get called for a hook. I'd call him for a hook every single possession he does it. It's insane. He does it literally all the time. That bugs me, and I also hate which shout out to Der- or uh, what's his name, Dante Exum, who did a really good job of defending Harden. He was unbelievable. You, he was a source the, of energy. It's so weird. Like Harden, you can't defend him normally where you would have your hands out to. Not to check him, but gauge your distance and to know that you're in. Because Harden will just take your hand and, and he'll throw it. his arm into your hand and then shoot the ball. And that's a foul, I guess. I mean, it is, but it's it's weird. It's just weird. Axum moved his feet really well, which I think is why he was playing such good defense on him. Yeah, he he did a good job of being able to stay close without using his hands to keep him. So, who contained. do you think out of the Warriors is gonna be the best defender on James? Clay, Harden? Clay. Mm-hmm. Clay's gonna without, get, he's without gonna have a lot of fouls called on him though. He gets foul gets foul calls on him all the time. You think Clay's got it's him? Fine. You think that's the best defender? Clay's putting the straps down. Oh no! As much as he can. As much as he straps. Putting the straps down. You good? I think Clay Clay's the best. Did I mute myself? Am I, I don't good? know. You just like hit your microphone. <laughs> Whack. Sometimes. Bop, bop. Clay's yeah, Clay's the best defender on the Warriors, especially perimeter defender. Um I'm not worried about Chris Paul. Curry I'm not worried Chris about Chris Paul. Paul at all. Curry thinks he owns Chris Paul. He does own Chris <laughs> Paul. He owns Curry owns Chris Paul like LeBron owns Toronto. <laughs> Remember that? The Clippers always used to think that they were going to be rivaling with the Warriors, and they did for the first year. After that, they got waxed every single time. Well, it's it it was kind of like a one-way rivalry at a certain point where the Clippers had a rivalry with the Warriors, but the Warriors, like, it's, this, it's the way that uh, New Yorkers, or what was it? It's like New Jersey and New York think they have a rivalry, but New York doesn't even think about New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, same. It's like, yeah, dude, we don't care. You just do what you're gonna do. Like we're, we're just gonna win. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. The one thing is, Houston has better bodies to throw at Durant. Um, Bob whether it's Ariza, PJ Tucker, um. Yeah, Badamute. They just have diff- better bodies to throw at the Warriors than the Spurs or the Pelicans really had. Um, the Pelicans have no one that they can throw at KD. Not yeah. a soul. No one that there's no one even close. Wait, am I right? Mm-hmm. I'm, wait, why do I? Never mind. I don't Never think mind. in Badamute. I know. I feel like I always get him mixed up with uh, players on their team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say as I was repeating, I was like, oh, I don't No, I am right. So. No, um, yeah, no, no. Okay. I get him mixed up with there's another guy. Bam. Uh, but yeah, it's Mbam Mute. Uh he's a really good defender. I mean, he's not out there mm-hmm. for offense. Um he was back off injury, that's what it was. He had come gotcha. back this past series. Um But if you if you put Mbamute in that lineup, they're just gonna give him the Tony Allen treatment. I would agree with that. I think that's the best and way to go about that. that's not what you want if you're Houston. I don't think the the Rockets can... I don't... The the best way I think the, the Rockets can 
you know, upseed the Warriors. Mm, Sounds kinda. right. The only way that they can beat the Warriors is if they just get into an absolute shootout, shootout, gunfight, you know. That's the only way that they can really do it. The The final score is going to have to be like 136 to 130. Um, I, I, I don't know. I Actually, no, that's not how it's going to have to be. Let me think about this for a second. All right, wait, one, two, three. Mm. Think about it. Mm. Think about it. Okay. Think about it. I thought about it. All right, Frazier. I thought about it. Okay. Go. 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 They're going to have to do... Whoa. Was that me? What was that noise? Half... They're going to have to do... They're going to have to do, like, half court, slow it down. Kind of like what the Cleveland did to the Warriors last year. And the I year think so. And every single year and I th- they play. I think James Harden is just going to have to ISO the shit out of them. I don't know. What do they you think? They will. They will isolate the show. I don't see much of a way the Rockets win if the Warriors don't shoot themselves in the foot with turnovers. I think turnovers are going to be the biggest key. Turnovers mm. and defensive rebounding. Those are two of the most underrated stats and two of the most underrated parts of basketball that need to be talked about. I think the Warriors, if they rebound and they and and they fight for, you know, defensive positioning and basically get out on shooters. I think they win it hands out, like, you know, 4-2. I think it's a six-game series, um, but not, you know, maybe not the closest. I think it might be one of those series, like, a couple of years ago, or just blowout, 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 blowout. Mm. And it would, they would go back and forth with blowouts, and no, ser- no game was very that really that close. It ends up being a six-game series. Um, but I think the Warriors really shoot themselves in the foot with turnovers, you know, perpetually. They got 20-plus turnovers in a game. If they don't do that, I don't see a way that they don't win because they have this better talent. And I think we're on a collision course, like I've said, since the beginning of the playoffs for Cleveland to play Golden State once again in the finals. For sure. As we are just burying Chris Paul, he is 34-7-9 and right now. Whatever. Not not against 30, the Warriors. He is 37-7-9. He is and he is en fuego. He is en fuego. Well, hey, good for him. Good for him. It's not going to last very long. No, I agree, though. The Warriors, their main issues pretty much all season long have been intensity and uh, how do I say this? Like a clean-cut game, uh, error-free game. Um, That kind of goes hand-in-hand in intensity a little bit, but just making the right passes and not getting lazy with, you know, the behind the back, the, uh, you know... Hook, hook passes, all hook, that weird the shit. Hook pass. Hook, the hook, the pass. hook, hook pass. So I think if the Warriors do all that stuff, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a wrap. It's probably gonna be a six six game series. Um, we'll talk about that know. more. We'll talk about yeah, that more next sure. week. Um, looks like that game's wrapping up. I think the Rockets are taking that one home, and we're gonna wrap this podcast up as well so Frazier you want to plug Mr. Ballcaps real quick yeah uh, I haven't been doing any thing on Mr. Ballcaps lately but there's still a lot of product up there Uh, I will be posting stuff soon I will get back on my my grind of posting um, greatest selection of vintage hats and and goods that you're going to be able to find out there 
all handpicked, all, you know, personally curated by yourself, myself, your, yours only. Yours truly. Yours truly. Dude, bodied. I'm bodied right now. We bodied like thing up quick. Hurry up. Come on. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Let's all go. Right. Use <laughs> T-Mom at checkout for uh, 15% <laughs> off. That is T-Mom, all caps, at checkout for 15% off. Please buy my shit. It's just sitting in Charlie's like old bedroom right now. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Facebook page. Go to the Masters of Mediocrity Facebook page. We're posting stuff all the time. Highlights. Lots of highlights. If you love highlights, go there. And go to our Instagram. Fraser's going to live events. If somehow Boston makes the finals or Cleveland makes the finals against the Warriors, you might see the Masters of Mediocrity there. Um what else we got? We got Twitter. Fraser's posting lots Twitter. on Twitter. Twitter's been a hot, hot, hot fire. The place has been sweet. Yeah, I've been, I've been popping off on Twitter. Everyone's got to go there. He's talking about Mad Joe Angle's hype. Dude, I will literally fight PJ Tucker if he smacks my boyfriend, Joe Ingles, in the <laughs> face again. I don't care about his spiderweb tattoo. I'll fucking kill him. I don't care. <laughs> From the number one... Joe Engels podcast, the number one lovers of Joe Engels and all that is Joe Engels. Have a good night. Yeah, have a good night.